0: I am glad to see you all here today. I have spent the past few days in our nation's capital learning about some, um, some of our history, some of the ways that we've treated each other and what the witness of certain persons in our history was. And whether it was North or South, Democrat or Republican, there was a common thread that continued to emerge, and that was faith in God. That was standing up for what you believe in, and for who you are. Um, we had the privilege of touring Mount Zion United Methodist Church on 29th Street in Georgetown. It's one of the oldest uh, churches there, and it's one where many came and sought their freedom, and their histories are contained in the last remaining English cottage in Georgetown. And when we went into the, to that cottage, there were scrapbooks. There were old photos that were barely still together. There were all these different pieces of history, pictures of Tom Thumb weddings. In case you don't know what that is, that's a whole bunch of little children acting out a bridal party. And they had the, the thing that the youngest bridesmaid in the picture, who was our tour guide, remembered was that they threw a great big party afterwards and celebrated and learned about the histories of different families in the church. And it was a pretty neat way. I asked how many of the people in the church could tell the story, and they said, Everybody. We celebrate their story every day. Um, every day is, is a day of All Saints remembrance and remembering that we are connected to something bigger and better. One of the sayings on the wall there was that when a person in their community dies, along with it goes a library, a wealth of stories, of experience, of witnessing. And I began to think about how appropriate that quote was as we approach our celebration of All Saints today. Um, we come and we stand and we, we sing in God's house and we offer praise And like Brent mentioned, it's whether, whether things are good or bad, whether we are in the midst of grief or in great praise and celebration, God is there with us, holding us together, keeping us strong, making our weakness strength and taking our despair and turning it into hope. We are here today out of tradition of many, many years of stories of, of all saints. I thought, in particular, one of the stories that I found um, from, one of the very, from the very first of, of the written records of all saints was poignant. Um, Chuck Colson talked about this about uh, 11 years ago on a program called Honoring the Witnesses. These are his words. For centuries on All Saints Day, the church celebrated the lives of Christians who went before us, and rightly so. We can learn so much from those whom the author of Hebrews calls that great cloud of witnesses. The tradition of remembering the church triumphant dates back to the time of the first Christian martyrs. When soldiers of Marcus Aurelius Verus came to arrest Polycarp, a beloved church leader, Polycarp greeted them kindly. According to 3rd century historian Eusebius Polycarp ordered a table to be laid for them immediately, invited them to eat as much as they liked, only asking in return for a single hour in which he could pray and commune with his God. When Polycarp later stood in the Colosseum and accused and surrounded by jeering crowds, the governor pressed him to recant his faith. And instead, this man who himself had been discipled by the Apostle John said this, For 86 years, I have been Christ's servant, and he has never done me wrong. How can I blaspheme my King who saved me? As they began to carry out the sentence on his life, he simply offered up praise to God. Years later, this would turn into a tradition of not only honoring church leaders and martyrs who had been persecuted, but saints among us. And should you think you're not one, you are. (laughs) A saint is defined in Scripture as one who places their faith and trust in God, who trusts that God sent his Son, Jesus That he would die on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven of sins. So that he would teach us how to live through the witness of his life. And so that he would be resurrected again. So that we would be granted life eternal. So that we know that when someone we love leaves this earth, their body can no longer go on. We know that we will see them again. I've been to many of the celebrations of life for those that we are going to remember today. And the thing that sticks out to me the most is that their witness will never be able to be put in a grave. Their witness is one that goes on every single day. I can't tell you how many times I have heard somebody come up and say, I'm remembering today. Philippians 4.13 because somebody special taught that to me. I know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I know that it's not just a verse in the Bible because I saw somebody live it. And this is people of all ages. Mr. Bill Breed uh, was in the hospital several different times and his daughter Patty and his grandsons Um, were in my church in Augusta, so I knew of his family. And it was always such a joy to go and hear him talk of his family. Sue Royal, I know, talked to many of you. And she touched your lives as she possibly taught your children in preschool choirs or you helped as a choir mom or something along those lines. I could go on with each person in here, especially with Rob Estes. He um, he touched more lives than I think any of you will ever know. I could go on with each picture in here and tell stories of each and every one. But each of us hold a library that they have given to us in our hearts. Libraries of, of what to do when things get tough. But they're instruction came from another saint before them and another saint before them and another saint before them, all of whom were inspired by the word of God and by God himself. I love to hear the stories. It's, um, people ask me if it's uncomfortable to work with families in the aftermath of a death, and I, it's not to me. Because I get to go and I get to hear the wonderful stories of how families celebrated, how they knew each other. Al Hartfrey's family lights up when they talk about him and how he, um, he came to Georgia to play golf. And then he got out there, played a few rounds, found a book he was interested in, and then spent the rest of his time going to the library. He, um, but he had a joy for his children and his grandchildren that lives on through them. It's, it's a joy to hear those stories, but we don't stop telling them. We celebrate life every single day. I celebrate the life of my mother, of my grandparents, every time I go out and I do something with my life that honors God. You can celebrate the life of your mother. You can celebrate the life of your your husband, your father, your grandfather, your grandmother, whoever it was. You can celebrate them by stepping out in faith and doing that which God has called you to do. In Hebrews, we read, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which, sings so, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's a verse I heard many, many times growing up. You've probably heard it as well. If you've ever run track, you know that to run track, you have to do a couple of things. You have to plan ahead. You have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself through the paces. You can't just hop up and go, I can't go run a marathon today. I'm not prepared to do that. I Give me about 10 years practice and maybe. Uh, it'll take about a decade. But. You plan ahead. You know what you're looking for. You look for the place you're going to hit the wall, and you start to prepare for where that's going to come. In our Bible studies, each time we gather for worship, each time we come together, we find ourselves in a position to plan our run. But there are some things about running that um, for us to do that, we have to remember a couple of things. First of all, a great cloud of witness does witnesses does surround us. So who are they? Close your eyes and picture the witnesses, your track coaches, if you will. Who are they? What does their witness mean to you? In Hebrews we're told the stories of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, and all those who suffered and died. Their stories are told. Say out loud the names of those who have gone before you, who are your witnesses. I'll say mine, and then let's all just lift our voices together and name them this day. Adrian, Winnie, Joseph, Jesse, Ellie, Chris, Barbara. Barbara. J.B. Hebrews 12.1 reminds us that we are not alone. That's one of the great things about this day is we are connected to many, many Christians. In our communion liturgy, we speak of the communion of the saints. Have a... a good friend who reminded me that that means that these chairs around us may look empty, but they're not. They're filled with those who, um, I believe, as All Saints recall, uh, uh, reiterates for us, that there's a connection between heaven and earth, between the life that God has given us, That that through every time we come to this communion table, we come to the communion table, and we are here in physical presence, but we also come with the lessons taught by the saints before us. We are praising God the same time they are praising God, and together we are lifting our voices to honor and glorify the very one who gives us life. Another motivation is that God has promised us all something better. We have seen many of our loved ones go through difficult times, and that grief can weigh heavy. Even after healing has come. But we all come into the fullness of God's inheritance together. We're called to run. We're called to get up and to run. Knowing that God has already planned the path for us. That there's a race that is ahead of us and that is through his strength that we will win that race. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. That's another factor that we can take in each time we get up and, and plan to run. There are days that it is hard to get up and keep going. There are days when people are lined up waiting to, to, to come to you with questions or it's a, it's a season. Think about Christmas, how busy you get at Christmas. You never can't. There's always one more thing on the list, Right? Always, there's one more task to do. Can I get an amen on that, or is it just my list? <laughs> I didn't think it was just my list. But whenever I remember that, I remember that God is going to give me the strength. It's the, he's fighting that fight of faith. He's, he's given me this life to live and to go on and to do with strength. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We don't have to look to our own resources. We don't have to say, it, I've tried it before, it's not going to work. We can fix our eyes on him. We can remember that Jesus doesn't respond um, with, a, with a pat on the back. Go get him. But he sends the Holy Spirit for us. Many times he sends the Holy Spirit through the witness of someone we have loved and lost. Or someone we love who is standing by our side. And for that I am forever grateful. Because I know that I am not alone in this world. I know their witness is with me. And I know that one day I will see them again. We are not alone. There will be victory in the end. One of the kids at my last church um, in Chatsworth, when I very first got there, they came running up and they said, I know what the Bible story is. And I said, what is it? And they said, God wins. (laughs) And I said, you just preached the best sermon in the world. (laughs) God wins. And they said, my grandma taught me that. And then I found out that she had died not long before I got there. If you were to ask this child today what the greatest thing about God is they're going to tell you God wins there are witnesses among those who we are about to name whose stories will continue their libraries are not closed their stories are not unfinished they live through how we live our lives they live through how God has worked through them to mold and to shape us so as we pray and then list the names, remember the lessons that they've given you. As names are called, please feel free to stand in honor of their memory and in honor of who they are to you. Will you pray with me? Lord, we come before you today, some with hearts heavy, others um, Coming and and hearing the stories of those that we will honor this day. We ask your blessing on this time. We ask your blessing as grief continues to be part of our journey. It's something that, though we'd like to handle it a specific way, we know it has a life of its own. And yet we know that through you all things are possible. Through you we can be strong in the face of weakness and in the face of heartbreak. We are grateful for all that you have done through it for us through your son, Jesus Christ, and through the witness of the great cloud of witnesses, not just those named in Hebrews, but those ever, who have lived since then from generation to generation to generation and on telling the story of faith, reminding us that you win. Amen. I'll call Megan up. Yeah, she's here. Okay. Here are now the names of the saints Robert George Estes, Sarah Ann Waters, W. J. Agate, Marilyn Mortenson, Mary Lou Vote, Joseph Wilton J.W. Hartley, Stephen Earl Fanning Sr., Elaine Sutton Carter, Gwendolyn Eloise Harlan, Mildred Ann Jones, Sue Settle Royal, Robert William Bill Breed, Alan Hartfree, Erwin Hunter Pike Jr, Anne McCoy Coggin, Beverly Maxwell Harper, Jeanette Stacy Henson, Lord, we know there are those whose names have not been called today who are on our hearts, and for them we remember and lift them up to you as well. As we pray silently, Lord, heal our hearts. Honor those whose lives were given to you as they stood up in faith for you. Amen. You may be seated. We do gather before the table of the Lord today. Table that was the table that brought us life. Life. As Christ sat at the table and he took bread, as he sat with his disciples, he broke that bread, gave thanks to God, and asked his disciples to take and to eat from this, that it symbolized his body that would be broken for them. To do it and to remember him, he took the cup And he raised it and gave thanks to God. And he asked that they would see this as symbolic of the blood of his new covenant. One in which our sins would be forgiven. One in which we would find life. They didn't understand it at the time. But it was one of the greatest love stories that would ever be told. If not the greatest And so we come to this table of love. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you asking that you would pour out your spirit on these gifts of grain and grape. That they would be for us the body and blood of Christ. That we would remember with joy all that he has done for us. All that he has given through his sacrifice. How he gave his life that we might know you that we might have life eternal, that we might commune with the saints, that we might be able to see eternity with you. And so we come to take in this bread, to take in this juice, and to take in your grace as we do. It's in your holy name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.